Hey guys, G-Man here. Thank you so much for downloading this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate presented by Thunderblogsports.com. Matty D and I are back after our Thanksgiving vacation. We talk everything for football this weekend. We go through the coaching carousel in college football along with the preview for this weekend's conference championship games. And we give our final picks for who's going to be in for the college football playoff. We go over to the cold, hard locks, previewing this weekend's NFL action. And we finish things up talking a little golf and a little basketball. As always, please like, share, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter. ThunderBLG is the handle there. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Facebook, Thunderblog Sports is the name for those, just like the website, thunderblogsports.com. Let us know what you think of this episode and anything you think that we missed. And as always, enjoy. Thanks again. And we are live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Fun V Tailgate, presented by thunderblogsports.com. I, of course, am the G-Man with me as always, my man. The legend, the myth, the all things out of order. Matty D, what's up, buddy? Hey, brother. How you doing, man? How you doing? I'm good. I'm trying to make you laugh as much as possible, but I am doing well on this Wednesday night of November. There's really one, only one thing that I don't, I'm not, you know, well on. We'll get to that a little later in the show. Um, But I mean, we're, we're in it deep right now. And I got to tell you, it's, uh. It's fantastic where football is right now. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we got so to kind of load up at the top. We got conference championship weekend. The playoff will come out on Sunday, and all the bowl games as well. But fuck those, or not really. Go playoffs. Uh, got week thirteen of the NFL. No more bye weeks. Potential clinching scenario, which we'll get to. Um, yeah, and I mean it. Uh, one event, but we'll uh, we'll keep that a surprise for the end. So stay tuned. For that, but as we got, jump in to the start of the postseason for college football, we do wave goodbye, unfortunately, to a few coaches. And there's already been some firings. There's been some hirings. And Matt, why don't you jump off with? Because I know there's a couple you wanted to get right into. So jump off and and break it down. I mean, before we get to the biggest one, which I think everyone's kind of keeping their eye on, I, I think there's one under the surface here. Uh, there's there's mm-hmm. grumblings that. Oregon just gave a nice uh, five-year extension to their head coach, Taggart, over there because they're, they're concerned of him leaving now. They haven't had a particularly strong season. They weren't really expected to. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I, you know, I do think – you know, I think it's a potential just thing to kind of watch. Um, that's Willie, it's <coughs> Willie Taggart. So he got tw- a five-year extension for more than $20 million. Um, there was a chance that – he may head to Florida State if Jimbo Fisher is to leave for another job. Now, when I like, what do you mean? Why would Jimbo Fisher leave for another job if it's not Alabama? Well, Texas A&M is available. It's been a very trying year for Jimbo. You go, you go to Texas A&M, and while I don't know if I love the move, he may think it's a little bit easier, um, easier there. Uh, he wants to get out of that that pressure cooker that is Florida State. Um, Probably better recruiting to an extent in Texas right now because there really isn't a superstar Texas program with Texas and Texas Tech meh being meh. 
So Texas A&M yeah. would have a shot to kind of grab some recruits there that Oklahoma has been plucking with, with a big time coach like Jimbo. So he made, if he makes that move, maybe, you know, Willie, Willie Taggart slides. Um, I'm not sure why Texas A&M, maybe you think differently. I'm not sure why it's such a spot for coaches. I mean, maybe just the fact that it's in the SEC West. So you have the opportunity that if you were to build up this great program and take down either Alabama, Auburn, LSU, you know, whomever really, that if you're really able to crack that top three, like that's a pretty serious accomplishment. Um, you know, I mean, LSU is where they are right now. They're kind of looking out, you know, that's now top two and kind of looking in there, at least for the time being. But I, yeah, I could see why. Um, I mean, it's also the SEC, but kind of, and I'm sure we'll get into this as we kind of go more into the championships and, and our final playoff predictions. But, uh, you know, the SEC and the, the allure that surrounds the conference name. Right. I mean, well, I mean, you say that and yet <laughs> um, we look at a, a program that used to be high level there, and that's Tennessee. I mean, they've been the big story after really just screwing up with Greg Schiano. By the way, I think it's ridiculous. I don't blame Greg Schiano. He's never been proven uh, of any wrongdoing whatsoever in terms of the, um, the what's it called case? Uh, the uh, Penn State uh, case with Jerry Sandusky. In fact, I didn't even know he was involved until this came up. Uh, I didn't realize that's where the connection was. I knew there was allegations of stuff. I right. didn't realize it was Penn State connection. Yeah, essentially there was a one line in one deposition from one guy that Shiano said he saw something with Sandusky that was the guy who was apparently allegedly it was said to said that, no, I never heard that. It, the To such an extent that prosecutors never even looked into it further. It was one line in one. It, Greg said to so-and-so. I think it's ridiculous. I think not only was it wrongly brought up, but also then people jumped on it because Tennessee thought they were going to get a quote-unquote bigger name than Greg Shiano. I think maybe people need to look back at what he was able to do at Rutgers. He rebuilt a program that has never been good, produced Ray Rice, who I know has his own issues. Well, you know, long, it seems like a long time ago now for that, but he built that program up into a national contender when he was there, went to the NFL, struggled due to his style of coaching. He's probably better fit for college and has done a fantastic job, and I hate to say it, as Ohio State's defensive coordinator. I think he would have been a perfect hire for Tennessee, kind of a no-nonsense guy who would really come in. I think it's a huge mistake on the part of Tennessee, um, and they really blew this hire, uh, I mean, big time. So I'm disappointed in Tennessee. As to where they've turned, Mike Gundy with the great hair, has already turned him down. Duke, He's a man. Duke's, Duke's coach turned him down. Matt Cutcliffe. Uh, David Cutcliffe, yep. Matt Campbell of Iowa State. Iowa State turned down Tennessee. Yeah. Gary Patterson isn't going anywhere from TCU. Jimbo Fisher's only going to Texas A&M if he leaves. So where do they turn? How about this? Purdue's head coach, Jeff Brom, has turned him down as well. Wow. Yeah. Talk about, like, these aren't even big-name coaches anymore. Why do you think that is? I mean, it's the SEC East, so there isn't really a ton that you got to do. It's a name brand program. I mean, no matter where you are in the quite large state of Tennessee, it's all Vols football. It's not right. the Titans. It's not Memphis, which we'll get to. It's not Vandy. It's the University of Tennessee. Like it's like it's like UNC in North Carolina. Unless you went to Duke, you like UNC. 
Well, let's talk about it. That's like saying, well, it's Nebraska. When was the last time Nebraska was good? That's true. Um, I, you know, and I don't, that there's a lot of history with Nebraska, so I'm not, a fa- I'm not trying to offend anybody when I say that. No, I'm no, just no, saying, no, no, no. I am it's offending a great people. comparison. I am, a, but I am offending people. It, Tennessee has not been a national power in what seems like a decade. They are not as competitive as they should be, as most of the SEC, if you look at it, really isn't as competitive as you think it would be in terms of high-level teams, but Tennessee is a total trash heap to an extent. Yeah. I also think coaches are quietly making a stand here and saying, really? Like, you're going to treat one of our coaches like this, not even give him a chance? You're going to now – because essentially Greg Shiano has become almost unhirable because of this. Yeah. And and so uh, I, there's a couple wild cards to me. The one guy that's a big name that could decide to make to make it happen who doesn't wouldn't like Mike Leach of Washington State. Okay, who's really taken Texas Tech and Washington State and made them quite good years, yeah. almost in the almost in the Pac-12 title game this year. Yeah. You know what? Not a bad Maybe choice. not the worst. Yeah, there's a guy. Yeah. Um, other than that, most of the other guys they're naming Memphis's coach, uh, Mike Norvell, because obviously Memphis has had a fantastic job, fantastic yeah. season this year. He's young, maybe he's a guy because he knows the area. Um, Clemson's D coordinator Brent Brent Venables has been linked to the job as well. Um, I don't know though. I got to tell you, whoever they hire is going to be under way more pressure than they ever would have been if they had either just never hired Shiano or just hired him. Yeah, they thought they thought they were going to get John Gruden out of retirement because his wife was a cheerleader at Tennessee. That's yeah. not happening. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, I was going to just joke. There's there's always the rumor that her that his wife's uh, looking at real estate. She's got an inside <laughs> link, right? And it's not happening. Uh, yeah. yeah, I mean it, it's crazy though. And the Nebraska point's actually really good of kind of that. And and Nebraska's kind of in a similar position of how. They moved from what at the time was a good Big 12 into a still not so good Big 10 West. And have you not been able to get over the hump? I mean, you made it to, I think, two Big 10 championship games. I know they made it to the first one, um, but they haven't really been around since then. And, and you got to kind of wonder why. They've had all that stuff with Bo Pelini and all that, all that stuff where they made bowl games but then just stunk. Uh, so we'll see. I mean – with with really Tennessee staying on the topic there of, of which way they go um but yeah I mean got to figure something out there and I don't know if it's Alabama sucking all the recruits dry or what it is but they'll right, yeah, right. they'll, they'll right. figure it out but I mean I gotta ask you does it make you excited that that like kind of it probably doesn't heal the wounds from three years here but does it at least make you happy that that Mr. Duck I guess now Mr. Bruin Chip Kelly has found found his way back into the college ranks where he truly belonged. I got to I got to say it on 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 the recorded line here. I never had as big of an issue with Chip as everybody else has seems to have in this city. I know why. I know he did some things that looking back don't make a lot of sense. I, yeah. I don't even have to name them. We just know them. Yep. But you know, he, he had one season that kind of was tumultuous i actually didn't think we should have fired him now looking back it's worked out great for us so so be it um i do think he's a better college coach i'm excited to see him at ucla because ucla has been trying to be good for years um so personally i i, I think you better the rest of the pac-12 better get on notice because he's already been at oregon he dominated at oregon 
I mean, he was 20. What was his stat? He was 20, no, 40 something, 49 and six or 40. Yeah, he's only lost six games in like, uh, yeah, I think six years of coaching. And it's not like he's walking into a barren landscape at no. UCLA. Now, probably doesn't get Josh Rosen, but I'm not sure he even wants him anyway. Yeah. He's walking into a talent hotbed down there. UCLA has been dying for consistency. To me, he's going to bring in a dynamic offense. I'd be, I'd, I think he puts the rest of the, uh, sorry, the, uh, that's UCLA. The rest, rest of Pac-12 on notice, right? I mean, immediately, they'll be ranked going into next year, if I had to guess, simply because he's there. I think it's a great hire. And UCLA, it, while, a, while a prestigious program and university, isn't as pressure cooker of, say, like an SEC team where people thought he might go. Yeah. They play in the pack. They play on the West Coast. You know, there's, there's trust me. There's plenty of talent on, on in the Pac-12, but I love it. I think it's a great hire and it immediately makes them contenders. Maybe let's say not say next year, but two, three years down the road. Yeah, I think you give them a year to get everything installed in the Chip Kelly offense because you're going to have some spillover. Uh, he can certainly get some of these people into into condition. Um, I mean, I think you'll see something very similar to like what Tom Herman had with Texas this year, where there's a little bit of a kind of a stumble out the gate, and then they kind of got it together a little bit, and they have a decent season, probably go bowling. Um, but yeah, I think year two, look out, they're going to be. I mean, they could they could single handedly bring the big the Pac-12 back they into can. the. I mean, the, the conversation of it all. Quietly, the Pac-12 is. I mean, they've been. I mean, they've got Washington, they've got Stanford, they've got USC, they've got Washington State. They've got no. now UCLA, Oregon's floating there. They've got some absolute talent out there that next year, I mean, you, first of all, I don't know why we don't respect what Chris Peterson's done at Washington more. Um, I'm a huge fan of his as it is, and I think that Pac-12 is going to jump on the map a little bit. So I'm pretty, uh, yeah. pretty excited to see there. Um, but, yeah, I mean, other than that, the other big move, I guess, would have been Dan Mullen going from a decent Mississippi State squad to Florida. Yep. Um, that is where he when started. When Florida calls, you answer. I think it's paraphrasing, right. but it's basically what he said. Yeah. And he was there before. He was there as the D coordinator, I believe, in the glory years of Tim Tebow under Urban Meyer. So I think everyone mm-hmm. kind of knew he had a connection there. It's just, you know, when, you, when you've had a pretty decent year at, um, in, at Mississippi State and your rivals, Mississippi, Ole Miss, look like they're going to take a huge tumble uh, due to – the uh, some allegations and some recruiting issues, you know, and I'm saying it was a mistake, but it was interesting, interesting to move. I once again, they're trapped in the Alabama division. Maybe that's why you jumped to Florida. I think you've got a better shot in the SEC East. So, um, South Carolina finished second in the SEC East. By the way, that's how yeah, bad I didn't know that. Yep, they were five and three in conference. Um, Georgia clinched their ticket like in. Like November fifth, yeah. Georgia's seven and one in the conference in the yeah. SEC East. Yeah, like. yeah. All right, because remember, it's so the, the problem with the SEC East is that the two big schools that should be competing are Florida and Tennessee. They were yeah. they were second and last in the uh, third to last and last in the division. So it's not particularly good right now for the SEC East. I think South Carolina's expectation is they might drive up, um, uh, you know, drive up the standings as well. They came in second. They had a pretty uh, it's just surprising year, but all the talent and all the name is in the SEC West. So yeah, it'll absolutely. be interesting to see. Although, you know what? You say that Missouri was like playing almost had a shot of national title a few years ago. So, you know, things change quickly. The Manny Mock years. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So it's interesting. I just literally, it's funny you bring them up because I was thinking, like, do you think as it still seems like there might be some movement in conferences, do you think it's possible that 
the SEC would be the first to break to 16 and then realign this because Missouri, at least, like they're in the East, which is why why this all fit, comes up to me. And you can't really move any of the West teams out. So how do you fix this of the realignment stuff, or does somebody leave and go back to the Big Twelve? You know, well, I think it's I think it's a similar issue to what we've seen in the Big Ten, right? Yeah. Because the Big Ten, their power conference is the East: Ohio State, Men's State, Michigan State, Michigan. But the West is Wisconsin. It should also be Nebraska and Iowa. We have. I debate Minnesota. Minnesota's been where, decent forever. Where, but where have? Yeah, right. So there are these big, big name programs that are simply not good right now. Yeah. And then, then you look at other conferences. Uh, the Big Twelve Conference, Iowa State, came in the bottom half of that. They were a great team. Texas Tech, to an extent, had a, an okay year. I mean, they lost their starting quarterback, but they're loaded. They're a loaded conference. Um, a lot yeah. of them were like five and four. Right, you know, you, you, you look at that stand. It's like six teams, five and four. I know, I know. I just think when you look at both both the Big Ten and the SEC, you say to yourself, "What do we do? Nothing. Yeah. You just need the, the you need the historical powerhouses to be good, and then from time to time, you need a team like say Northwestern. By the way, gotta give a shout out to how great they've been this year. They're nine and three on the season. Real Natty's school. Yeah, you gotta have you gotta have a team like them. <laughs> you gotta have a team like them jump every yeah. so often to keep it interesting. That's kind of where that's kind of where I stand with that. Um, yeah. So, I don't. You know what? To me, don't touch it. The other schools better get their game together and be better. And I think okay. one of the two, Tennessee or Florida, will bounce back and be good again, yeah. and be fighting for Georgia for that top spot. Remember when we thought Kentucky was going to be a contender, or when Vandy started three and zero and like let up like ten points? I know, and then Kentucky they got hammered this weekend uh, by Louisville, Ooh. so they really yeah. they actually finished third in the division. By the way, that's how yeah. bad the SEC East is yeah. right now. Mm. Um, but I, you know, once again, I think the problem is the SEC West. I mean, maybe you move somebody over there, but they kind of make sense geographically, unless you switch like Missouri. For? Yeah, the only the problem is is that you can't because if you look at geographically where everybody is, it goes, you know, basically Knoxville is in line with the Florida the Florida out or the Alabama Georgia line. Right, you can't move Alabama or Auburn unless you do what the Big Ten did when Michigan and Ohio State were in different divisions. You just make it so they play each other every year by locking them in. Right, the nine game schedule now you can't do that, and we're getting a little too technical. So I think. With that and the talks of the shitty SEC East, let's move on to <laughs> the conference championship games this weekend. A lot to be excited for. Yeah. Um, quick quiz question, Matt, and I'll pose it in two ways. Which conference championship game has the best combined record slash has the fewest total losses? Fewer totals. Oh, you at UCF Memphis. Yeah, right? It's the American yeah. Athletic Conference uh, Championship. Yeah, I, knew, I knew that was a trick question. I knew that was a trick question because uh, I'm like, wait a second, huh? huh? Well, some of the games are have two lost teams, like Auburn. Some of them have – well, I guess Ohio State's a two-loss team. Wisconsin's mm-hmm. undefeated, but that that you know the fact that you have an undefeated team in there helps yeah. out. You know, There's a lot of one-loss games or two one-loss teams playing each other, but – the American man, almost triple A. It's what I want to call them. But right. You know. That's, no, I'm with you. Uh, you know what though? It's quite a big game though, because both those teams are actually pretty good. I heard I haven't I'm not a fan of the I like the four team playoff. That's me personally. 
I yep. know a lot of people like eight. I'd compromise to six with buys, but I think there's a problem yeah, with that anyway. Six is probably the, the medium that you'd get to next. Yeah. The shame of this is that an eight-team playoff may have pushed UCF higher and allowed them to sneak in as that eighth team. At, they're undefeated. They've beaten everybody they needed to beat. They've, you know, this is a big game, obviously, for them this week. Um, but it's kind of interesting. Um, maybe they should have had the opportunity to play. Um, uh, you know, have the opportunity. I don't know. They're 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 undefeated. So I will say, yeah, I will say you. I will say to you that I think Scott Frost. He's the coach of UCF. He's going to be linked to jobs as soon as this game's over. Depend, I mean, regardless of what happens. What's well, the Kenny Floyd theory? Kenny's yep. been saying since he came on the first time in like the beginning of October that he would go to Florida, which is now wrong, but that he's going to get poached. Yeah. Well, Nebraska would be a great option for him. Um, maybe Texas A&M if they want to go a little more low, more low key. Um, I'm sure he'll spurn Tennessee too. By the time we're done with this, Tennessee's going to be coached by a former high school coach. Um, but yeah, there's a great, uh, great higher potential, or the, or the, um, or Memphis. I mean, I don't know. I think sometimes you'd take a shot at some of these smaller guys and see what happens. Yeah. Um, in particular, when things are a little rocky. But yeah. no, no, I would agree with that. I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, a lot of a lot of the coaches. That's how they got their start, right? You know, I think if you look at the big the big conferences, the, the game that has the least impact on the headliners would yeah. be. Um, Stanford at USC, Stanford versus USC, which I think is a shame because both have incredible players. It's going to be a good game. Yeah, Bryce Love uh, and Sam Darnold going head to head in what could, you know, be their one of their last games of their careers, depending on how they feel. Look, it's it's a great watch. I mean, it's a shame yeah. it's not for a playoff spot. But by the way, it's eight o'clock. Got a little earlier for us, uh, us East Coasters. So that's kind of nice. I can I can live with that for sure. Yeah, I mean, you want to say like, oh, it's five o'clock San Francisco time, but they probably haven't been working since noon. So, <laughs> that yeah, California they're, lifestyle. They're, they're yeah, I agree with you. It's a shame that like that this game it's being played at Levi Stadium where the Forty ers play. They're two marquee names, and like, yeah, we could buy tickets right now for twenty four dollars and fly right. out there. Like, it'd be much like it'd be much more expensive anyway to fly out there, but like, probably more expensive to like, I don't know. I'm not going to get in economics, but like. It's also a 10 versus 12 game that has zero impact on anything because both of these teams didn't really have quality or they, they didn't have any other real quality opponents. Stanford might be the only, you know, if Notre Dame was hanging around, then Stanford has something that they could have a tie to, but nothing really at this point. Right. Which kind of stinks, but, you know, so be it. They kind of played themselves out of it pretty early. Um, so we'll see how that goes. I mean, but we basically get back to back to back to back great games mm-hmm. in this. I mean, we get the Big 12 at 12:30, the SEC at four. Then you get the second half of a doubleheader in the Mountain West: Fresno State versus Boise State. I don't know if you know knew that, but they played each other last week. Um, Again, one of the first- uh, Fresno won. Fresno won. Um, so we'll see how it goes here. Uh, but then, I mean, the the shitty thing, and you almost have to. Like, bars have to be looking at this schedule and licking their lips because both of these are going to be really good games, and they're both at 8 o'clock, and that is the ACC championship game between Miami and newly minted number one Clemson for the first <laughs> time since they won the national championship, by the way. And, or they might have, no, they didn't start the season one. Alabama did. Um, and 
number four, Wisconsin versus Ohio State, also at 8 o'clock in Indianapolis. I mean, that is – that's going to be fun. That's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's going to be cool to see just how this all shakes out because, I mean – any of these games could be could go either way. They could there could be some upsets that happen, and I mean it could shake a lot of things up. I think. Yeah. No. I mean, I think the one that we are just pooing right away, and I don't understand why, but everyone's just like when they're talking about the playoff, it's Oklahoma's in automatically. I don't understand. I know how well they've been playing. Let's say that the, the, their game is a layup for them? That's what it seems like people are talking about, and I get a little confused. I, huh? I don't know. I, I'm confused, yeah. It's not a layup. Uh, I, look, I, it, to me, it's not. TCU is an no, excellent not at all. who wants revenge on Oklahoma. I think, to yeah. me, careful. I think they're not careful. TCU will beat them here. I, I don't know. I'm just – I'm a big uh, – I like TCU a lot, and I thought that they've had a pretty good season. So I, I don't know why people just when, – when people talk, they discuss how everyone if, – if you're Alabama, you need to root for Ohio State, and but they don't ever say TCU. To me, they need to be rooting hard for TCU because TCU yeah. probably doesn't have the resume now to make it over in Alabama. Um, but Interesting. I don't know. I don't know why. I just was watching ESPN a couple times today, and it's just – that's it. I'm confused by why they just assume Oklahoma's in and why a TCU victory wouldn't put an Alabama in for me. Yeah, I would say that's the most toss-up of games, which is kind of unfortunate to say about the Big Ten because like, I kind of I would like to see Wisconsin win and, and get in, um, but I, I think that's going to be tough how that game's going to shake out. But don't but sleep you- on the ACC championship. That's going to be but, an awesome game. Yeah. Uh, both sides – you know, have been playing pretty good. I mean, Miami obviously lost last week and had a very bad game up at Pitt, but we'll see. I mean, uh, Clemson rebounded after a bad loss at Syracuse. Yeah. So, I mean, I got to say, by the way, I was uh, Clemson's loss is the worst of anybody right now in the playoffs. Uh, that's a really bad team, uh, Syracuse. I'm like, oh, I, said, I mean, I know what happens to the best teams, but um, so well, that's. And I, I think everyone thinks Georgia-Auburn is not going to be like the first time. So um, what do you – well, give me, what is your prediction? What do you think – who do you think the final four teams end up being? Yeah, so it's interesting. You would think that it would play out as, you know, if all these teams win, they're in. I think Wisconsin loses, unfortunately. I hate Ohio State, as you know. I think – Miami wins over Clemson. I love it. I love it. it. Yes, please. I think that Auburn pulls it out the second time, really no matter what, whoever wins that game's in. But because of a Wisconsin loss, and I do think Oklahoma wins. I think it's a lot closer. Uh, Well, rather, that game was awesome anyway. But I I still think it's a really good game, high scoring, Big 12, you know, what we're used to. So those three are in. Oklahoma, Auburn, and Miami, Wisconsin's out, and Alabama gets in that way. Now, where they seed, I would think that they would put. You're not doing the Iron Bowl as a semifinal game. That's a because it's the Iron Bowl, and you don't want to have that. You don't want to have the possibility of that being a nat- national championship game and not and like 
it, if it's the semifinal, in other words, it's going to get more ratings than the national championship. Right. Um, but where to put them is the question. I think you'd probably go Oklahoma's two right now, right? Yeah. So Oklahoma would be number one. I'd say Auburn number two. Um, fuck. Uh, Miami number three You're and right. Alabama four. So that you don't have the crossover of the Iron Bowl there. Gotcha. Gotcha. I um I'm close. I have Oklahoma as much as I just said how I think TCU's a good team. I've got Oklahoma winning. Yep. Knocking at TCU. I'm with you. I, I think West Con- I think I, I actually might be okay if JT Barrett doesn't play. It's probably a good thing that it um he's not playing because I think he's better without it. Without him. So I think you're gonna get Oklahoma Ohio State wins against Wisconsin. Yep. I take Georgia over Auburn. It's hard to beat a good team like they did twice. They're not at home. So I've got all, uh, Georgia back in the title game, back in the big four. Miami, and I think Alabama gets in. I don't think Ohio State should get in over Alabama. They've got two losses. Neither were bad losses, don't get me wrong. But you know, Alabama only lost once to Auburn. Um, by the way, I think Georgia beating Auburn probably hurts Alabama, but I still think the voters, there's enough – biased even on that committee that Alabama would sneak in as the fourth seed but I think if uh, here's the thing if Georgia gets in uh, I think they jump all the way up to two and take Auburn's spot it's fair I'm I'm gonna I the game I can't figure out is that Clemson Miami game yep okay and I feel like I've been going back and forth and back and forth and I really want Miami, but I, I think, I think Clemson wins, and I think they maintain their number one ranking, and then you get a rematch in the first round: Clemson, Alabama, with Oklahoma and Georgia playing. That's okay. where I see it ending. I, I want Miami, and I'm going to root for them really hard, um, but I think that's that's the way it's going to go there. All right, I like it. So there's some skin in the game for both of us this weekend. Um, what is it? It's Rose Bowl and what Fiesta Bowl are the two playoff games? I think so, yes. So, this is the least tied in in terms of where the the rest of the New Year's Six goes, right? Because normally, because there's no like they don't move the Big Ten Pac 10 game to a different bowl game. Um, if the Rose Bowl is a semifinal, I'm trying to remember how they did it three years ago, but I like, but basically, for those that are confused, the before when there was just the BCS and even before that they had all the bowl games are linked by conference. The Rose bowl is the granddaddy of them all. Cause it was a Midwest school versus a West coast team. Eventually the big 10 and the PAC 10 now the PAC 12. So that's always been a thing when the playoff is that year that gets basically gets thrown out of the books. Cause it's a playoff game. Um, and I don't think it carries over anywhere. I think just the orange bowl has the ACC champion, um sugar has sec if they're not in the if they are not in the playoffs um but we'll see we'll see how it goes sorry a little boring there but uh, just thinking out oh, loud it's okay that's all right no, i understand no. i understand um either way so any combination of to me the eight teams that have a shot would be fantastic football uh well i guess is yeah there's eight i'll get it um i think alabama getting in again will leave people open to the idea of allowing a non-conference champion from making it. Uh, It would be kind of apropos 
if Ohio State didn't make it because they snuck in last year, you know, with Penn yeah. State being just behind them but winning the conference championship. So I think the precedent's been set set for Alabama to jump in as a one-loss team. Um, so, yeah. Yes kinda. and no. I mean, the team they took over for was their conference's champion. We've never had a two. We never had two teams from one conference. So we'll. Say, I agree. I think True. that having two teams from one conference would really push for people to want to have six teams, eight teams, even fucking sixteen teams. If you really wanted to get that nuts with it, right? Um, I think it would really. I think people would go ape shit for that kind of stuff. I mean, the nice thing I think you can also point to is that. Auburn gets in. That's a two-loss team if they win. Um, so you have that, and you can kind of say, like, "Oh, it was a crazy year. We didn't know which way it was going to go." <laughs> so you kind of get you get some self-preservation there if you're if you're the college football playoffs uh, selection committee. But we'll see. I mean, it'll be fun. I'm really excited for it. Um, I don't really plan on leaving my couch until I have to go to this wedding, final wedding for me of the year. Uh, on Saturday night, and even there, I'm hoping that God there's a TV, and if there isn't, I'm going to be staring at my cell phone. Emily, you've been warned. Um, Shout out to you, by the way. Love (laughs) you. You're the best. Anyway, let's move on to the NFL. We got a fun, fun week ahead, I think. A little better than last week with its wonky lines. But, you know, I mean, we haven't talked in a a little bit, Matt. We've had a couple... uh, Big wins. It's been nice. Yes, correct. Well, I mean, you, you, have the, you have the stats from the last two weeks. Do you want to run through them? If, do you have them? Uh, so I don't have our pick scores from last week. Um, I was more talking about, in terms of big wins, about the Eagles. But I did win week 11. I won 8-4-2. and two. We pushed two games to your 7-5-2. and two. Uh, last week I have to add up because we ended up tweeting out our picks, so I don't have them readily on my little notepad because we also had a uh, the Thanksgiving holiday, so we did not podcast. Right, you all are probably well aware of that. Uh, so look out for that. I'll probably tweet it out at some point. Um, but yeah, the birds. Oh boy, so happy. We'll we'll talk about it when we get to their game. Let's jump right in to maybe the biggest bullshit of a Thursday night football game, and I don't say that because it's the Redskins and the Cowboys. I say that because the Cowboys get this every single year. Jerry Jones, in his slick fucking ways, convinces the NFL to just let him get a still get a whole week off when he get, wants to play Thursday night football. He right. does this every year. It's terrible. Like, what the hell? We have to go down to Carolina on four days rest, That's and we don't even get a cool color rush jersey. We just wear our white uniforms and white pants. The Cowboys get a full week's worth of rest. They're not even that good. Redskins are terrible. Are they good? You don't know. I mean, ah, I sound. I feel like I'm taking crazy pills, like Mugatu. But yeah. I mean, this game, it could be entertaining just because it's two mounds of shit throwing against one another. No, I, I'm with you. I mean, it's a big game, by the way, for the Eagles. Yeah. Redskins win. Cowboys are done. We clinch the division. Well, they have the same record as the Cowboys, but. So yeah. is it only because we beat them twice? We beat them twice. We haven't beat the Cowboys twice. Yeah. Technically, if the Cowboys win, we lose every game, and they win every game, then we would be then we would tie, and they would take the division. Uh, so technically, uh, okay. there's still a shot. Yeah. Um, I went with Redskins here. I, I think the Cowboys are a total dumpster fire. I think Jerry Jones is simply making it worse. So, um, I mean, 
I got to go Redskins here, though. The, the line's like one and a half for the Cowboys, which I think is generous for the Cowboys. I have one and a half for the Redskins, um, which was part of why I went, uh, why I paused when I said the Redskins are shit or could be good. Um, but I also picked the Redskins. I think they could get it together. The defense, does, it looks like it's kind of dismantling week after week. And I'm not even just saying that because the Eagles got it together when they kind of came out hard. Uh, they didn't look very good last week against uh, against I've almost called them San Diego against LA. Um, I mean, they held them decently, but the the Chargers defense is legit. That Chargers team is really good, by the way. Yeah. Oh yeah, we both picked them to win the uh, the AFC West. But yeah, I, I agree with you, Redskins. I have it. Whatever, it's one and a half point line. We're both picking them to win. So yeah. Um, but up next, moving to Sunday, got the Vikings and the Falcons in possibly one of the biggest like landscape forming games, if that makes sense, a terraform, if you will. <laughs> um, Atlanta comes in three point favorites to this Minnesota team. And, and I like that line. I think Minnesota's due for a correction. Um, and I think it comes here in this Atlanta stadium. You know, I, I think Mercedes Benz or whatever the hell it's called. It's that place rocks no matter what sports there, whether it's the NFL, the MLS, or eventually when they probably get, college basketball there that thing's gonna be nuts but falcons here minus three covers i'm with you as well i got the falcons winning and covering i i I think they're playing for their playoff lives they're right behind all of a sudden the saints and Mm -hmm. the panthers they're a super dangerous team they're starting to figure it out Devontae freeman cleared concussion protocol he did he will play to me it comes down to their defense is is fast um they're probably a uh, not as good of a matchup because the Vikings don't run the ball particularly well. So mm-hmm. they're going to have to go to the air. And so can this team get into Case Keenum's head and make a mistake or two on the road? I think they can. So I'm with you. I, I, I think you see the Falcons pull one out. Julio Jones is a great defense beater. That's what he does. The Vikings have a great defense. He beats them. I'm with you locked in. Roll, rolling right into one of the bigger lines uh, of the week. Not the biggest, but one of the bigger lines. I have the Patriots heading up to Buffalo. No, I guess it's across almost to Buffalo, but it's close. Um, to take on the Bills, Patriots are eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Buffalo yeah. finally put Tyrod Taylor back in the lineup after a single game, which was probably smart. Um, Very smart. And yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> Did you say – I'm sorry, I oh, think sorry. you cut I out have, a little bit. I you have took... them winning. Yeah, Patriots? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so do I. Eight-and-a-half points, and easy couple. enough. Yeah. That Bills defense is looking more and more garbage every week. Um, we saw what happened when they play the Chargers. I mean, part of that was they didn't have Tyrod, but still. Uh, lock that in. Move right along. The 49ers coming to Chicago to face the Bears. Bears come in as three-point favorites. The 49ers, though, will have a new quarterback at center or under center. me. Do you find it funny that they still say under center, even though most teams run it out of the shotgun now? <laughs> That's a great point. Yeah, I thought about that last week. Yeah, I think it's funny. Well, I don't know. I mean, it has just, to, I never thought of that before. Right? That's going to make me laugh there. Football things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I guess I, so. yeah. Anyway, I'm taking the Bears to cover here. Three points. I think really? that's enough. Okay. That a team with a good running game or – decent for where they are in the league uh got stifled by the eagles last weekend as it was kind of expected 
Uh, that 49ers defense is okay, but I think if it was in San Francisco, it might be a different story. But I think big bounce back week for Chicago, they cover it. I could not disagree more. I love Jimmy Garoppolo to come out, fire this ball around a little bit. If he's the real deal, real deal pretty much shows it quickly. Um, I think they pull one out against, I think, a, a falling Bears team with not a lot of defensive talent. Um, I was not impressed. I know they played the Eagles, but it was like they weren't even on the field. I know how good that my birds, our birds are, but I'm taking the 49ers not, you know, as, as Jimmy Garoppolo steps in for one game here. Great game to start him with if you're uh, Kyle Shanahan. I also maybe I'm putting some more faith in Kyle Shanahan to have some have a chance with Garoppolo. Uh, hopefully he stays healthy the whole game too because that offensive line is is a bunch of dog crap. So I'm gonna take him to cover, take him to win, um, and and beat the beat the Bears. Next one on my slate: Broncos visiting the Dolphins. Two teams going nowhere. Dolphins are a half point favorite right now. Who do you like in this one? So I actually have Denver is a point and a half favorite, but. Um, okay. yeah, I mean, it's, uh, uh, it's a ugh, game. Jay Cutler cleared also through concussion protocol, uh, today. I wow, saw a game there. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, Jesus, uh, I, I, it's tough cause it's on the road, but I like that Denver defense to get, to get it done. Uh, I'm going to take the Broncos. Yeah, I actually, I'm with you. I like Trevor Simeon looks like it's well, maybe Paxton Lynch can go. We're not sure yet. Um, regardless, I, I'm, I like them. I like Denver in this game to to snag one here. I think they're a little upset, and this is that game they get revenge and just kick a uh, kick a bad Dolphins team down a little below. Although I do like a lot of par- I like the Dolphins parts. I just don't like how they are as a whole. No. Um, yeah. Next one here on the slate: Ravens Lions visiting the Ravens. Kind of a fun matchup, one we don't see often. Two yep. North teams, but uh, but different conferences battling. And I've got the Ravens as two and a half point favorites on my screen. What do you have? Same thing. I have minus three, basically okay. the same thing. Uh, opportunity to push yeah. on my line. Um, I'm going to go Lions, though. I think the Ravens are a little banged up. The Lions, uh, really, I guess, though, it depends on how Matthew Stafford does. He looked okay with the ankle on Thanksgiving. Um, but Marvin Jones still was able to get it done, and they always have Golden Tate if Marvin Jones isn't doing it. Um, I think Stafford doesn't pass up this opportunity to play. Alex Collins for Baltimore. May or may not play. I think I saw that he was questionable. I think he might have practiced today, but still, um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Detroit. So my concern is Matthew Stafford. I don't know how healthy that ankle is. This Ravens defense is quite good. Uh, there's a chance they're secretly the best defense in the league. That offense is so pitiful. We really don't get to see the full extent of the Ravens defense. I like them to win one here. They have to have to stay around in the playoff hunt at all. And I don't like. Stafford's injuries, and I'm a big Lions guy, and I thought they were going to pull it out last week. They did not, so I'm going. Staff, I'm going Lions all the. I'm, I'm going. Uh, excuse me, uh, Ravens here to cover and stay around in the playoff hunt. Uh, late all right, in the season. all right, yeah. Good pick, good pick. What do you got next for me? Bucks visiting the Packers. Packers two and a half points favorites. All right, yeah. I uh, I have a point and a half, basically the same thing. Um, is Jameis playing? Jameis, I think, practiced this week. So this so, is the problem. I chose the Bucks to to yeah. win. At least I chose the Bucks to win, assuming Jameis Winston's playing. Not that yeah. I'm high on him. Not high on the Packers, even at home. So yeah, I, I gotta agree with you there. I, I mean, 
either way, but I, the only reason why I ask is on the road. It's still, but I think they yeah. still, I think they can still pull it out. Ryan, Ryan Fitzpatrick, not bad. He can get his guys going. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I like, I, maybe, maybe you're right. I, maybe I like me the way I thought Brett Hundley wasted his career, career game <laughs> last week. Oh so God. I've got, I've got them, the Bucks sneaking one here against two teams who are not going to make the playoffs unless Aaron Rodgers walks into the door for either team. I think yep. he could probably make it with either. Uh, <laughs> you know, and this is kind of a pool of mediocrity. So they'll have matching records at five and seven. Next one I have on the slate here, pretty big line. Texans visiting the Titans. Titans favored by six and a half. That's what I got. What do you like here? So it's tough to really defend Houston. They got a lot of weird stuff going on. Their offense is pretty pitiful. The defense can get it going. Um, coming on the road to Nashville, I think can be could be tough. Um, I mean, I'm going to – it's so many points for Tennessee, but I'm going to take the Titans to cover this one. It's, it's a huge line for the me and for the divisional round, and you know how I'm not normally a guy that goes division uh, this high, but I'm taking the Titans too. They yeah. have been up and down. Mariota needs to play better. Offensive line needs to be better, but they're still they're still a good enough team to win that division. Um, and so I think they do take this one against the Texans to keep pace with the Jaguars. Um, the team we talk about next, going up against the visiting Indianapolis Colts. A bigger line, nine and a half for the Jags. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just go out and say it. I've got the Colts losing but covering nine and a half. I think it's a huge line for a Blake Bortles-led Jaguar team who has tried to give games away over the last few weeks. Uh, Games away last week. So I'm taking the same thing. Yeah, great pick. Their their defense is good and could be the reason why they cover this spread because they get touchdowns like it's nobody's business. (laughs) Um, They did last week when they still let up a ton of points. Um, but yeah, I like the, I like the Jaguars to win, but not cover the, the nearly double digit point spread. That's all. That's a huge spread. That's a lot of points. I don't think they've been watching the Colts. The Colts have been battling and they've been in, in games all year. Um, I've been impressed. I'll tell you, if Andrew Luck comes back, Jacoby Brissett might be the best backup quarterback other than Nikki Foles in all of football. Um, that's, how, that's how much I'm, I'm a fan of um, what I've seen from Brissett. He seems like the, kind of a gamer, uh, a guy that just battles and, and keeps games close, either whether it's with his legs or with his arms. I've been impressed. I mean, he's a guy that a team might want to take a look at at some point um, with with what I've yeah. seen from him. So Yeah, I yeah. like it. I like it a yeah. lot. Obviously, I took the same pick. Chiefs, Jets. In New York, the Kansas City Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point road favorites this one could be interesting matt break it down for me so this is a huge game for the chiefs this is they're getting close to a must win simply to stop the free fall they've been listless on listless on defense and teams have just figured out their gimmicks on offense they were doing all those shovel passes and and weird reverses but they've shut teams have taken away kareem hunt to a, a high level extent and they've keyed in on Jason Kelsey, uh, uh, Travis Kelsey, excuse me, not the Eagles center. Um, and Tyreek Hill's been a little banged up. I don't think you need to bench Alex Smith, but I understand why there's grumbles because he needs to throw the ball downfield. I actually watched a little film from last week 
and they were showing film guy. Smith dump stuff down low to guys who were covered but open. They would make the catch for three, four yards. But beyond that guy, 10, 15, 20 yards down the field is a wide-open receiver, somebody running with the defense. You have to be willing to throw the ball downfield a little bit to, to, to loosen up things for Hunt, to loosen up things for your short passing game. So what teams are doing is they're putting eight guys in the box, they're playing everybody really tight, and they're saying, beat us. And Smith isn't doing it. He has the ability to do it. We saw him do it. He needs to do it again. But I think more importantly – they need to get Kareem Hunt to get going again, and I'm not sure against a pretty good Jets front four it's going to happen. So. Yeah, so I think you're leading right into my pick. I'm actually going to take the Jets with points here. Okay. I think the Chiefs are – it's funny, though. You kind of hit the nail right in the head of the, the point I want to make. It's the opposite of what the Chiefs did two years ago when they won, what, like seven or eight games in a row to make the playoffs? Yeah. Um where they where Alex Smith wasn't throwing the ball further than like 10 yards downfield. And then they figured out how to do it. I forget who they're running back. It wasn't Jamal Charles because he was hurt at that point. Um, but they, they started figuring that out. And it seemed like they had made that turn where we don't need to go just these little dump passes. We can throw it down. And then all of a sudden, like you said, they figured it out. So I'm going to, I'm going to take a flyer. I'm going to take the jets here uh, as the three and a half point home dogs. I, as much as I just talked down the Chiefs, I'm gonna I'm gonna go opposite there. Okay. I, I am, I'm, I'm take- gonna go the other way. I do have to take um, the Chiefs here. I think Andy Reid gets one that he needs to stay just ahead of the Raiders and the Chargers, um, and he wins one against a team that should have been tanking. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna go Chiefs in this one. Barely, I think they just cover over that three and a half. Okay. All right. But I think we can go right to the one slate. Say that again. Is that clear the one o'clock slate for us? Yes, and I think we should jump right. right into the biggest line of the weekend. Yeah. The Holy Cleveland shit. Browns <laughs> heading at four oh five to battle the Los Angeles Chargers, who are favored by thirteen and a half so far, heading into that one against a Cleveland team. So now we've got a red hot has to win Chargers team because they're probably not getting a wild card, going up against a Cleveland Browns team that has still shown no ability to play competent football. I'm just going to say I'm taking the Chargers. I know it's a huge line. I don't care. That's me. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe you feel like they can keep it close. No, I'm going to take the Chargers too. Um, I think that defense is going to roll a visiting Cleveland team. I think Melvin Gordon, who's had some games as of late, blows the fuck up. I think Phillip Rivers is a great day. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I like this all the way. Go, Chargers, go. Yeah, I'm, I'm – I yeah. I just I, – that's all I – I mean, the, the the Browns aren't going to win a football game. You know what? Let, let's look. I haven't looked. Who do they the have on their schedule? schedule? Are we schedule looking? Oh, wait a second now. They're going to have some chances. They're going to play the Packers at home with Brent Hudley, a quarterback, oh, the buddy. week after this. And they play the Ravens, that's going to be tough. But then they go to Chicago. So, And then they play the Steelers at the end of the year. Although the Steelers might rest guys depending on their playoff position. So that's kind of interesting. So I, I think they're going to have a shot. They've got three games after this potentially that could be winnable. Um, oh, man. Yep. Oh, so man. Could it's going to come down to the wire. Yeah, it's going to be wild. 
It's going to be great. They oh, my God. All right, well, let's keep... Oh, jeez. All right, go on. Move on. Sorry. It's we'll just... keep pace. We'll go uh, right to the Giants and the Raiders in Oakland. The Giants uh, come in as eight-and-a-half-point dogs on the road. And uh, there isn't really a lot of hope for uh, Big Blue. Yeah, I, I think this is an easy line to take the Raiders and a must win for them too with Geno Smith starting a quarterback on the other side, Khalil Max looking his chops. I'm not sure the Raiders have figured it out yet. That fight last week didn't help. Um, but I got to go Raiders here to cover it. It's a big line even, but uh, Geno Smith's terrible. So they need to get Davis Webb in there as fast as possible in my, in my personal expert opinion. Yeah, it's, uh, it's not going to be good. Uh, even without Crabtree, though, they still are – they're pretty loaded with different uh, targets for Derek Carr to throw to. Yeah. Uh, but move right along. We go to a very, very important game for the NFC South. I got the Panthers coming in as four-point road dogs coming to New Orleans to face the Saints. And – this one's going to be intriguing, I think. This is a pretty big game. Yeah. Because Panthers quietly snuck themselves all the way up. They're playing pretty well, but I think the Saints' corners should both be back, and I've got the Saints winning this one. I do too. I think uh, comparability, Drew Brees, you know, he has a, you know similar to Carson in terms of the ability he can do. Um, I think he can extend it a little further. And that running back duo, even if he can't early, if Drew Brees can't extend it early, the running backs are going to certainly spread it out for him. Um, especially just the difference of the Ingram style versus the Camara style. I mean, it's just going to be, I think, tough for Carolina. I, I have New Orleans as well. Yeah. Um, now, the next one I have here, Rams going to the Cardinals. I think this is one of the most underrated upset games of the weekend. Six-and-a-half-point favorite Rams. Now they just came off the big win against New Orleans, but I have them playing a divisional opponent on the road who's playing a little better even without you know, their starting quarterback. I've got the Rams covering the six-and-a-half point. I mean, the, sorry, the Cardinals covering the six-and-a-half points. Okay, so you're taking Cardinals with the points? With the points. Not to win, but with the points. I think they make this game pretty interesting. That defense is, is, is still good. Yeah. Um, and they've got the defensive backs and the pass rush to give Jared Goff who, by the way, just came out that apparently Sean McVay has been good enough to get to get the audible in before the headset cuts out. So the headset cuts out 15 seconds before the play clock runs out. Oh. Apparently he's been getting the audible in. So if I'm a defense, I line up. As soon as 15 seconds comes, I switch everything. I just move people all over the place and screw Goff up. <laughs> um, no, I, I just like the Cardinals to keep this game closer than people think. Okay, I'm going to take the Rams here. Um, a lot of points for me to cover, but, you know, we'll see um, how it goes. I just think, I think Goff, every time I've thought that Jared Goff is going to have a, a, a sort of come back to earth game, he does fantastically. Um, I, I know it's a divisional game, but I think that, I think Todd Gurley does well, um, but we'll see. I mean, it's division, so you don't know what the hell is going to happen, but yeah, I'm going to take yeah. the Rams with the points here. All right, all right. Well, let's just get to it. Our biggest game of the weekend. Pretty self-explanatory here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The, the, our birds, the best team in football. Well, I don't want to get into it. So record-wise, best team in football. 
heads as almost as far away as they can go. Maybe not as far away as LA. I got to do the mile check. In fact, I'll do that here. But no, I'm pretty um, sure Seattle's further. Is it further? Okay, great. So the as far away as they can go to play a football game in the United States at this time, because we haven't added Hawaii and Alaska yet. Um, and they take on a team that desperately needs the win, the Seattle Seahawks, and Russell Wilson, who has apparently contributed a record, NFL record so far, 82% of his team's offense has either come from his legs or his arms. That's a wow. record by a long, a long shot, and I don't know if it's going to change because every time – by the way, did you, did you notice a team that since Marshawn Lynch can't have a healthy running back on their roster? No, I, I've, no, I have noticed that, and it's yeah. crazy how that works. Thomas Rawls, C.J. Procise, um, Mike Davis is now hurt. Eddie Lacy's been dinged up. This team, uh, Chris Carson, I don't, I don't understand. It's like mind-boggling that they cannot keep anybody um, on the roster. I think it's, I think it's almost, almost laughable, but also kind of sad. So I don't it's know what not. they're doing, but um, they need to figure it out. The line is five-and-a-half-point favorites for the Eagles in Seattle, which is pretty incredible. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so I have it at six, so basically the same okay. thing. Okay. But I – so I've gotten nervous about every game oh, since man. last Sunday against the Bears. That's a trap. have played. I really don't think that they're going to come away from this West Coast trip because they're basically going to stay in it, stay out. They play L.A. next week, the Rams. I think they're dropping one of the two games. Okay. I don't think it's going to be this one. I think the way that you'll be able to get the four-headed monster involved and just the way that on teams that we've played, the Eagles have played, that have these great defenses and great linebacking cores, what have the Eagles been able to do? They've been able to get a tight end, not even just Zach Ertz, a tight end involved to open it right up, and then the running backs come in and storm right down the field. On I top like of it. that, on top of that, Carson Wentz has been able to get a lot of different wide receivers involved. So I'm going to take the Eagles of the points here. I think this defense is not as good as it was a couple weeks ago, obviously, without Richard Sherman. And is Cam Chancellor going to play? No, he, so it looks like he's going to be out, but yeah. it's still on. The, they're still on the fence there. Yeah. So with him or, or banged up him or or not with him, I, I I just think the Eagles. If it's it was a touchdown, I might say this is put high push territory, but I think they win by a touchdown at least. Okay, I'm with you. I've been so back and forth. I just I can't see them. I can't see them going uh, fifteen and one. Yeah, I can't either. That's right. why I'm like all of right. that. But other than telling us where they're gonna they're gonna not play their starters in, against the Cowboys, and I want I almost want to take Seattle to help our guys, but I gotta go Birds. Yeah, because they're so hyper efficient on offense that they just figure out a way to manipulate you. And this and you're right. This team has limited Seattle. Seattle has limited corners. Their defensive line is not dominated as expected. Their pass rush has has not been ferocious. Now Bobby Wagner and Earl Thomas still are locked down in the middle, so you got to yep. be wary of them. Yep. But I like our defense containing Russell Wilson and and a complete lack of a running game for Seattle. 
you know, we have the we have the athletes at defensive end and the intelligence on defensive end to kind of bottle him up. So yep. I take the Eagles here, but I'm going to tell you, say we lose in a close one, I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad either. Right. I want to go one and one. So I'd rather win here and then, you know, struggle against the Rams, although I'd want to beat them too, just to let everybody know that Wentz is still better than Goff. But um, I'm going to go Birds. I can't pick against them at this point. They've won. They've won. They've been, they've been so efficient in the way they've won. But I kind of hope it's a close game only to give them experience for the playoffs. That's my one thing I would say. It'd be nice. It would be nice. Um, kind of a bonus too. We were talking about this at the tailgate a little bit of who would you want, like what, where would you fear the most the Eagles squander the, the one seed lead? Um, kind of a bonus of Atlanta winning, ironically, as much as I don't want to play down there, is that it does give a little breathing room and a little less pressure on this game. Right. It loosens them up with that. I'm, I'm with you there. Could not agree more. Something to think about with that. Uh, but we move to Monday night, the last game of the week. Um, a game ESPN, I'm sure, picked thinking this is going to be high impact. It's going to be <laughs> great. Maybe we'll get a, re- a incident like in the playoffs. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers, 9-2. and Five-point favorites traveling to Cincinnati to face the Bengals, who, you know, I mean, they need to win. I mean, are it's still they're still kind of floating around somehow in the playoff race, um, but I, I don't I don't see it. I think it's a I think it's pretty easy layup for uh, Pitt Snoggle here. Yeah, I mean it's it, 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 I always think these games get tight once again. Divisional. I think that line's a little disrespectful to Pittsburgh. Only six and a half. I know it's on the road and divisional opponent, but the way they've been playing, I, I do have the Pitts. I have the Steelers covering. Yep. I actually like that game to be like twenty four sixteen. Like an ugly win against a, a an improving uh, uh, divisional opponent, but I do have the Steelers winning to keep pace with the Patriots as their showdown starts to really loom. Uh, that's in uh, to, not this week, not next week, so three weeks from now they play a uh, Patriots visit there. So it'll be big. Yeah. Hopefully, it's like the uh, well, we'll talk about it when we get there. Hopefully, it's like that uh, that Dallas game last year where it was just back and forth, like a ton of points in the last minute. But regardless, um, yeah, that I mean, so we have what three competing picks it looks like. So somebody should win unless we push in one game, which is possible because <laughs> two games are even are non decimal numbers. Always um, possible, <laughs> always possible. But little little special bonus coverage. We mentioned this before. Tomorrow is the Hero World Challenge. Matt, do you know what the Hero World Challenge is? It is Tiger Woods' event. Just like Arnold Palmer, just like Jack Nicholas, Tiger Woods has his own event. And as we've seen in the past, Woods has made a comeback attempt. Jordy, what's happening tomorrow? Tiger Woods is back, baby. <laughs> For those watching the YouTube clip, I'm wearing my Make Sundays Great Again shirt. Shout out to the four play guys from Barstool. I doubt they're listening. If you are, what up? Let's play golf mills. Also wearing my green blazer, those green jackets. I have my Tiger book here. His story, I'm all tigered out. Now, so speaking of four play, I was listening to their episode. Um, both the end of, of a couple weeks ago where they had brand, the golf channels, Brandel Chambly, and where he basically says what everybody says, you know, until really he does it, you know, I have to see something. I have to see a lot. Right. Um, 
they got excited and it got me really excited for was that Brandel, along with everyone else, he's played a lot of grounds of golf. He's played with Trump. He's played with PGA pros. All of them are saying that he's playing great um, as I do my Trump hands somehow. <laughs> um, but even Brandel Chambly got impressed on the practice range on Monday. Um, and we got some vintage Tiger. Wow. Okay. Did you see, well, I don't know, did you see his presser? Uh, yeah. Just the trash? He, he, I mean – I think he's feeling really healthy. Yeah. I, my concern, though, is, and you know, we've talked about this a little bit, he plays a violent game. And so when I mean a violent game, I mean he swings hard. He swings fast. My hope is that, you know, I don't know, he's just got to go ahead and uh, it's, it's going to be tough. I just want him to play every, every round of golf. I want to see him in the yeah. Masters. I want to so see. Much. I want to see seventy-two holes of consistent golf. That's all right. I want. I will gladly sit on my couch waiting for the Eagles to come to watch the end of Tiger Woods' round. I might wear this to work tomorrow and sit at my desk. I just want to see, just get get through. I, I just want to see consistent golf. I don't want. I remember you and I sat at Tavern on Broad during the during the Chambers Bay U.S. Open, and Tiger like duffed a shot when he was in the rough. And people were like cheering for it, almost, you know, like, no, no. What he's been able to do, he's the reason why we're watching fucking golf at a bar on a Thursday night in Philadelphia. Right. Like, we need to see see some shit of Tiger playing well. One thing that I do find is funny of the, the common consensus is that everybody's like, is everybody's complimenting Tiger Woods. You know, they don't want to get on Tiger's bad side. They want to stay like in the good graces for when he's when he's there. Like you were with me when I was bad. Right. If I was Tiger Woods, I'd go full Tom Brady. Hate me now. I mean, Hate it might me. work. It might work. Yeah. Either way, it's going to be a great weekend. Tiger's back. By the way, Sixers are up big right now. Just oh so yeah, I guess. Notes seventy five fifty one five twenty one left in the third. Big big revenge game. Let's uh yep. quickly. We'll we'll just get your thoughts because it's been a while. Sixers. Quickly, then a, a quick note on the Flyers. Well, let's just get the Flyers out of the way. I don't know yeah. what's wrong. I don't know what to do. I don't want to fire anybody, but it's time to blow it up. Or just admit that this is going to be one of those years where the young players have to figure it out um, and start playing them a lot more. They've been really bad. As yeah. for the Sixers. Not good. As for the Sixers. Sixers good. Sixers good. As you know, there's a lot of money that I thought, and as a Philadelphia fan, this hurt, but I was mostly because I didn't think they would be able to stay healthy. I thought the Sixers wouldn't make the playoffs. Now they're in position right now. Eleven and eight. Eleven and eight is not a blown away record, but it's early in a long season. And they, after a sluggish ish start, they've kind of turned it on a little bit. Been much better, well, a little bit better on the road than at home. I love what I'm seeing. I've heard some trade rumors that I've liked. The one that interests me is trying to move some combination. I'm Okafor's got to go, but getting a, a, a Damari Carroll from the Nets. I would really like to see Interesting. A, a adding another wing in, in the Covington mold to help the team. Because Covington can't defend everyone. And Sim yeah. and, 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 and Bede can't defend everybody in the paint. So I, I would be okay with us potentially looking at gaining somebody. I think to me the key would be you move Bayless – and Okafor and something for a wing like Demar Carroll. That to me makes sense because 
I think TJ McConnell has earned the right to be the full-time backup point guard behind Simmons. Absolutely. Yep. TJ's a fucking animal. Yep. I'm with you there. I would I would like I would like to see a way for us to get Saric off the bench. But for now, it is what it is. He's playing big minutes. I've liked that he's playing. Promise he's too redundant. We're we're kind of relegating him to simply being a, a spot up shooter. Mm-hmm. And that's not who he should be. He should be creating offense in the Simmons mold with the second unit. Yeah. And then he can play late in games as as a starter, like like James Harden would do, you know, with yeah, with, with the Oklahoma City. Right, right. Um, but we're big. We're a big team. I just think Simmons and – I am still – I because people are, I know Simmons has had a great year. I think Embiid is the best and most important player on this team because he changes – he allows the offense to flow. Oh, he, he allows you to score in the half court better, and he's the best defensive player, defensive big in basketball. I can't say defensive player because I, I love me some Kawhi Leonard who I think is a superstar – one-on-one shutdown defender, but Embiid brings something that most other teams don't have. I think we, I think we're a bench player short from being a ending the season as a fourth or fifth seed. That's to me where I'm where I'm at with him. I, well said. I would say too um, on the JoJo note. Uh, watching him play against Kevin Love on Monday night, I mean, he was throttling him. The big thing that the Sixers just couldn't do was. Make a shot. Right. They also tried to match the Cavs. The Cavs have the best player in the world and can do something like drain the shot clock, dump it to LeBron, and he can pull up from anywhere and make it. Right. The Sixers tried to do that. Nobody was really moving to the ball, so they committed a lot of shot clock violations. Uh, but they were still close. I mean, then the Cavs started making shots. They weren't turning the ball over. Uh, that's basically how you got to the nearly 30-point loss. Um we joked of them and the Flyers' terribleness is just Philadelphia sacrificing to the Karma Gods for the Eagles. So hopefully, I'm okay with that. You know what? You know what? Uh, Eagles win the Super Bowl. I don't care what happens. I'm sorry. Jesus that's that's how I Knock feel. on wood. Knock on wood. I'm sure. Oh, that's better. Better radio for you than it was for me. Um, but I think that'll do it on that note. Uh, <laughs> Matt, you got anything else? No, that's what I got. All right, man. Well, thank you as always be sure to check out the blog check out the twitter thunder blg check out the instagram and facebook accounts both are just thunderblog sports just like the website thunderblogsports.com uh go birds hopefully go flyers go sixers go phillies we need to have a off-season baseball podcast soon but i think that'll do it for for us for my man maddie d i am the g-man have a good night everybody and we will talk to you soon go tiger